Good to be with you guys. Today, this is what we're going to be covering Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. You guys may be familiar with this, the healing of the paralytic. Yeah, so um, before, before we get started, I'm going to do it a little bit different. Normally, we'll stand for the reading of the word and then um, we'll all read together. Yeah, this I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it over you. I'm gonna ask you to just like yeah, just pay attention to what, what phrase or word jumps out at you or maybe a character uh, in the story jumps out at you. Yeah, so there might be something God's want to speak to you through this story, so just like what jumps out at you and just hold on to that and see like what God's saying to you about that word, phrase, or character. Okay, so um, I'll pray over you guys first, and then, uh, then I'll read it. Yeah, Father, we pray as your word goes out, God, that we go out with power. God, we pray that you would highlight different words or phrases that you're wanting to impact um, this group with. God, we know that you're a God that speaks, and we pray that you speak to us this morning, God, and just use your word to uh, highlight some things to us, God. Yeah, use your word to, to minister to us, God. We need you. We pray that you just, uh, yeah, just show, us, just show us what we need to see today, God, and what we need to receive. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Alright, so you guys can just kind of relax, close your eyes on the screen, so we just kind of like try to imagine the story taking place and just kind of see what stands out to you and then just kind of hold on to that. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a pair of men, carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. When they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. 
Then he rose immediately, picked up his bed, and went out before them all. So they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So um, I was just thinking about Taiwan, right? And there's like a lot of a lot of crowds. It's not hard to find a crowd in Taiwan. 
到台湾看看这张图片，这个很难找不到没有人的地方。In Taiwan, it can be you know just with all the crisis with the masks and with the coronavirus, like people are crowding just to buy like masks that they care for. 现在台湾啊，在这个家乐福呢，大家都要排队去买这个口罩，因为口罩荒。Yeah, I mean, it could be like a, a buy one, get one free at Starbucks or Subway or something. There's like a line around the corner. There's like crowds, crowds happen pretty easily in Taiwan. <laughs> but you see it, you see it at night markets, you see it during Chinese New Year. Like Chinese New Year, there's so many people going to the temple, like they're going to get blessings in the temple. Or, 那台湾不管你走到哪里，都有人在排队。你很难找，你很难找到没有人的地方。Yeah, well, I mean, so there's a lot of people that like just one that came to mind since we're in the international crowd. I just thought of somebody. He's he's been in the news. He's not around anymore. But just like when Kobe used to come to Taiwan or or China, you know. Now, yeah, so I even met like so many people in Taiwan. Their name Kobe because of Kobe Bryant, or mainland China. Their name their name Kobe. They, they, they name themselves Kobe after Kobe Bryant. Yeah, so I mean, it's sad because he just passed away, but he was just, he's just such a big name in, uh, in the area, so that's, he's, that's why I thought of him. Yeah, so people come to see him because he's an amazing basketball player and like they, they come, they want to be in awe of his athletic ability and his celebrity and so everywhere you go they draw a crowd just like this. So, so yeah, so you can see Kobe drawing a crowd just think right now if like Steph Curry was in Linko or LeBron James was in Linko and they're like, oh he's down this basketball court. Down the street, you think there'd be a crowd there? Yeah, so that's kind of the atmosphere that Jesus is dealing with. It's like everywhere he goes, like people just show up, like Kobe Bryant, or you know, in the past, or like LeBron right now. He couldn't just show up somewhere because he'd just get mobbed, right? So he can't go to desolate places and he can't come back. There's still people looking for him. Yeah, but like with Jesus, a lot of people have mixed motives while they're there. Some people are really there to like hear the gospel, but some are just there to be entertained. They want to see healings. They want to see miracles. They want to tell their friend, "Hey, man, I saw Jesus." You know. 
Yeah, they're not necessarily there to submit to his teaching authority, but they're, they're, they're there because they've heard all these cool stories. And yeah, so there's just different people in the crowd, different motivations for being there. Okay, so in verse 2 it says that many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. Yeah, and so, I mean, this is a picture of what it could have, could have possibly looked like. Also, we hear that they're meeting in a home. So just, it's probably Peter's house is what we, kind of like the scholars are saying, it's most likely Peter's house. And this is like where Jesus went. Um, this is probably where he stayed. It wasn't necessarily his home, but he probably was staying at Peter's house. So so that we see wherever Jesus went, he was doing ministry. It's like it could be he was in the synagogues earlier in chapter one, and then like you see him along the road with the leper, you see him in the home right here. So we've been talking about these gospel communities and everybody has a home here, right? So, so we can also do ministry in our homes. We don't want it to be like isolated to church or certain times, but just like anytime, God, Jesus always wanted to minister. And it said he was preaching the word. Like when he had described, he was preaching the word. That's the main reason why he came, is to establish his kingdom. And to and preach the good news. But like I said, not everybody is there to hear the gospel or the good news. A lot of people are there to be in awe, they're there because of the atmosphere and like they want to see something spectacular. But his primary reason for, for being there is to share the gospel. And then chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Yeah, so it says four men carried him, so it was probably a grown adult, so he wasn't like a light person to carry. Yeah, and so, um, but a lot of people assume, yeah. Plus, he wasn't because he's a paralytic. He must have sinned in some way to have this kind of uh, problem, this problem with his body, or his parents had sinned in some kind of way. Yeah, the paralytic may have also thought, like, man, God must be disappointed in me. Um, yeah, he may have thought he did some sin, you know, he wasn't aware of it to deserve this. Um, there's no time, but he, but he had nothing really to offer Jesus. He's just going before Jesus. But then there's some some scribes and Pharisees there. They kind of they're there. We'll hear a little bit more about them later. But they kind of think they have something to offer Jesus because they think they you know they have all these good works to offer him. They're like they don't have anything. He's just showing up. Yeah, 
Yeah, but then we, this shows us the power of community. These four men, like they cared enough about their friend to, to bring him in. Yeah, they weren't like trying to sitting around trying to fix this guy themselves or trying to give him advice. Hey, if you do this, maybe you'll, you'll get healed or you'll be able to walk again. Like they knew there's nothing we can do for this guy unless we take him to Jesus. So they're, they're urgent about that. Yeah, so we don't, we don't have um, any way of making lasting impact on people's lives just through our own advice. We need to constantly take them to Jesus. That's what they need ultimately. So in our prayer, our discipleship, we need to constantly push people back, back to Jesus and not try and solve these things in our, in our flesh or our understanding. <coughs> so they see Jesus was their, their only hope in this situation. He's the only one that can, can uh, solve this problem. And then we see here like the paralytic, this is obviously like a pretty vulnerable position to be in. Yeah, everybody's seeing him, they might be criticizing him, judging him. Yeah, who does he think he is? He's trying to get in ahead of us. Like he's in a vulnerable position to be criticized, but he's he doesn't care. He's like, I want to get to Jesus, and his friends are like, Yeah, we need to get him there. And so for you, are you willing to put yourself in a vulnerable position? Yeah, the only way people can minister to you, the only way you can receive help is if you're vulnerable. So yeah, community is the place to do that, we can build trust. Okay, so moving forward, Mark chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed in which the paralytic lay. So yeah, you saw this picture, you can see where they have the, the hole in the roof. Yeah, this is like another picture. It's not super clear, but... But yeah, the, the roofs back then, they had like these timber, they had these like wooden beams that go across like every three or four feet. Yeah, and then across across there's like branches or reeds that are covering covering these areas. And then they put like a mud plaster over the very top of it, like that, that will harden. Yeah, and so like what these guys they had to dig through the mud plaster. And then they had to like remove the, the branches and set them to the side before they could lower the paralytic. Yeah, 
些这个泥土完全的挖空，然后才能够把人沉下去。Okay, yeah. So and usually there's like a staircase kind of going around the outside that they could go up to the roof. But these guys didn't give up. These guys were showing perseverance. They didn't give up easily, right? They were desperate. 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 Yes, everybody would just kind of stop. He probably stop what he's doing. Everybody's just curious, like what's going on up here. Like they're they're looking at that, staring at just waiting, waiting to see what's going to happen. So, yeah, most people would probably be annoyed by this interruption, you know, like Jesus is trying to teach, and then this happens, you know, if I'm trying to teach and somebody likes trying to bust through the ceiling, we would be probably annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah, so then the question that goes with that is like, how do we react to interruptions to our schedule? Like, are we, like Jesus ministers to a lot of people that interrupt him? Like, how do we feel about interruptions? Yeah, like I was really convicted when I was talking about this because I was thinking about the coronavirus. Interrupted my schedule. Yeah, we have a lot of you know parents in here, teachers in here, students in here. They've been affected by this. It totally interrupts our schedule and our plans. You know. So how do you react, react when there's an interruption? Like Jesus, he just he would he would roll with it. 在你的生活里面，本来都一就是很顺畅，突然间有一件事情打扰到你，你是如何回应？那如果说你在做事，突然间有一件事情打扰你，其实那件事情是要让你为对方祷告，你会停下来就说我为你祷告，还是你告诉
为他祷告 ，Daniel 就真的相信，也这么做了。可是突然之间呢，我发现，哎，怎么我的徒弟竟然高过师傅了呢 ？But yeah, so like just going back to like this, these guys were really desperate to get in this house. They're going to do whatever it takes. They didn't care how people. They didn't have fear of man. They didn't care what people thought of them. Like we're going to get. We can get our friend to Jesus. This is what he needs to get healing, right? Okay. And the question for you guys is like, how desperate are you? You to see your friends know Jesus, especially the you know the people that don't know Jesus yet. How desperate are you to get them to Jesus? For them to know Jesus, what would you be willing to do? Yeah, and then like just in this this whole uh, idea of desperation, I just reminded the story. Um, yeah, I used to work as a firefighter in Texas for a few years. So we're we always getting calls like in the middle of the night, like emergency calls, and um, we just have to, to go out and. And sometimes they're not serious calls. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. 反正我半夜呢都会常常接到这个紧急的这个电话。有时候很紧急，有时候其实没什么事。But there's this one time, like, we we took the fire truck and the ambulance out, and there was like a, a lady that was actually stuck under the tire of her car. The car, the tire was on her leg. 那有我记得有一次哈，一个晚上呢，我们就接到这样的一个紧急的这个呼求，我们就把这个救护车还有这个救火车都开出去了。就有一个妇女呢，她的大腿被压在轮胎下面。She got she had like gotten out of her car, but she forgot to put it in park. She left it in neutral, and I guess it was like on a slight hill. And so when she stepped out, the car like rolled back, and then somehow the car ended up on top of her leg, like the tire was resting on her leg. 那怎麼發生的呢?就是他下車之後,對不起,我剛剛笑了一下。他就是那個很危險的,他下車。他下車之後,然後呢,忘記車子是空的,他去看,突然之間的車子就滑動,滑動自動的,就壓到他的大腿
relieve her of her pain because of her desperation, we, we did something like extra, right? Or something different. Yeah, and then we, we got her in the ambulance and then we got her to the hospitals where she could get you know, cared for. So just like, but just think about your community, like when you have a life emergency, who's your, who's your community, who do you call? Yeah, or if you have a financial crisis, is there somebody that will drop, you know, anything like that, is there somebody you know, that will drop what they're doing when you're desperate and help you? Yeah, if you're at the hospital, who, who will come visit you? Yeah, so that like yeah, so again, like who is your community? So yeah, these these guys are lifting with they're lifting the paralytic up physically, but who's lifting you up in a spiritual sense? Yeah, or who are you lifting up? Yeah, do you have close trusted friends that will fight for you like these friends fought for the paralytic? Okay, and then uh, verse 5 it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, it says saw their faith, like plural. Because you think it, like we look at our faith a lot of times as individual. Yeah, but we're not, our faith isn't supposed to be all about us, it's supposed to be like we're a body. Yeah, we're supposed to like shepherd and care for the other believers around us. Like it should be like their faith, not just like my own personal faith. Yeah, and so then the other thing is he calls him son. Like this, you know, it's just like really personal, intimate kind of thing. He calls him son. Shows the father heart of God displayed through Christ. So son, son and a daughter, that's our primary identity. It's not about like what we can do for, for Jesus, because the paralytic couldn't do anything for him, right? Okay, yeah, and I just want to share a verse with you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Yeah, so this is exactly, I'm sorry I didn't go to the Chinese, but this is exactly what they're doing, like they're not just saying I believe, they're taking action, they're showing their faith, they're seeking Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you guys think, what do you think their reaction of the paralytic and his friends were, were when they said, uh, son, your sins are forgiven? 
Like how do you think they react? I actually think they're probably disappointed if you know because they're like, well that's great, the sins are forgiven, but like man, we we're hoping he's gonna get healed, right? Like that's probably the whole reason they were on there. They, they weren't probably thinking as much about the sins. They're like, man, we get want to get our friend restored so we can walk again and live a normal life. Yeah, so, but, but God honored these guys' faith. It was like the collective faith. He honored it. Even though it's messy, they had to like dig through the roof. They had to, you know, interrupt the meeting. There's just a lot of things that were messy about it. It wasn't pretty. But they didn't, they didn't care. They weren't, weren't worried about fear of man. But Jesus didn't reject them because they had shown such faith and um, he honored what they did and he just blessed them because they put their beliefs into action. Yeah, and then we got another slide here. It says, uh, this one says, Christians care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. Yeah, this one was, I heard this um, from John Piper, first time. But basically what this is saying is like, um, yeah, you see Jesus, he's relieving all kinds of physical suffering, but the, the most important kind of suffering to relieve is the eternal suffering. Yeah, because if you if he feeds somebody, he he heals them, like they're gonna get hungry again. If he heals them, they're gonna die later. But if he if he heals their if he gives them salvation, he gives them eternal salvation, that's like he he heals their eternal suffering. Yeah, so he, he took care of like the main problem first. Like the guy thought his main problem was the paralysis, but the main problem was actually sin, and sin was like his biggest problem, so he dealt with that first. But you may there may be an area that you haven't got healed in yet physically, but if it hasn't happened yet, there's probably a reason why God is continuing to allow it. He's trying to do something in your life. A lot of times he allows things in our lives to make us more desperate and dependent on him. Yeah, one for me though in particular is like I struggle with anxiety on a regular basis, but it keeps me going back to Jesus constantly for peace. If I didn't struggle with it, then I wouldn't pray near as much, I wouldn't depend on Christ as much, I would kind of do my own thing, I would tend to drift away a little bit. Yeah, and so I mean, we're all the same, we're, we're, we tend to drift away from Christ, so sometimes he'll allow things to like keep us dependent. 
其实我们这个蛮容易分心的哈，但是上帝呢，他有他的方法帮助我们更多的依靠他。But maybe an area that you want to break through or healing that hasn't come yet, but maybe because Christ is wanting you to keep keep you close to him. 可能在你的生命里面，你一直祷告多年的事情都还没有成就，也许是上帝要你看到，因为在这样的情况里面，你可以更多的依赖他。Okay, so moving on, uh, verse six. 好，我们到第六节。We'll go. Uh, was, so now, now some of the scribes are sitting, sitting there, questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 有几个文士坐在那里，心里议论说：“这个人怎么这样说话呢？”他说：“健忘的话，除了神以外，谁能赦罪呢？” Yeah, so they they didn't think they thought if this is Messiah, they didn't know that Messiah was actually going to be God and was going to be able to forgive sins. They thought he might just be some kind of warrior king. 他们不知道弥赛亚其实是神，不知道弥赛亚可以医治。他们觉得弥赛亚似乎是一个战士。Yes, and and this is what Jesus ultimately gets accused of when he gets crucified. This is ultimately the reason because he said he was God, and they didn't believe he was God. 那当耶稣呢在被钉十字架的时候呢，他们也一直来这个控告耶稣哈，因为耶稣说他就是弥赛亚，但他们不觉得他是。And then it says, and immediately Jesus, perceiving the spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. That the ninth verse. The ninth verse. Jesus immediately knew that they were thinking this way. He said, "Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk?" He said, "Why do you question these things in your heart?" 其实呢，上帝是全能的哈。他说这样子的话呢，其就是来告诉他们说，我知道你现在心里面在打什么算盘。Yeah, so he asked them this question. They may not even have time to respond. Like, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk? 那在这里第八节呢，他就说呢，其实说起那你的罪得赦了，或者是起来拿你路子走，哪一个容易啊 ？Yeah, it's good. So we'll just read to the end of this. It says. But that you may you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, "I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home." And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, "We never saw anything like this." Jesus, So yeah, he says he says his his deity and his authority in here. He says the Son of Man is another way of saying I'm God. Has authority on earth to forgive sin, so he's declaring his deity there. 那在这里呢，他就在宣告他是谁啊？他说他是一个可以赦罪的有权柄的人子。And then answer their question like, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or or you know get up and walk? Basically like. It's easier to say your sins are forgiven because you can't see evidence of that, right? It's internal, but then the external way he's kind of showing them a visual picture of what happened to this guy inside by saying get up and walk because he was like paralyzed spiritually and he's being raised. 那这里呢，如果要回答说到底是讲你的罪得赦的比较容易，还是说起来拿你的褥子行走比较容易呢？其实我们说你的罪赦了比较容易，是因为它是一个比较抽象的一个名词。那如果说起来拿着褥子行走，他是要看到外在的一个行动。可是耶稣在这里说到你起来，是讲到你死掉的属灵的生命。
Yeah, and so, and then like, when they see all this, they're just like completely amazed. Even the scribes that were doubting are like amazed. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily like wanting to submit to Jesus' authority, but they're like amazed that this happened. Yeah, but then, like I said earlier, like some of you may, they, they may receive, receive the forgiveness of sins on the inside, but you may be struggling with some kind of physical problem or uh, emotional problem that hasn't been uh, healed yet. Yeah, so I mean, we're still in that already not yet kind of moment where it's like, it won't be fully restored until heaven. Like some of us won't get the full healing until we get to heaven. But like he definitely wants to minister to our body, body, soul, spirit. Yeah, because Jesus, like he's healing this guy holistically, right? Every aspect of his being. So I just wanted to show you this quote. This is from Nick Vujicic. This guy's an Australian guy that does motivational speaking. Yeah, he said, fear is the biggest disability of all. It will paralyze you more than being in a wheelchair. Yeah, and so and so like even though so sometimes like we we need that like this depends on where you are in the story, like you might be feeling paralyzed like spiritually right now and you might need to be healed like in that way. Okay, here's another quote from him. It says, Having faith, beliefs, and convictions is a great thing, but your life is measured by the actions you take based upon them. Yeah, so these guys, they put, you know, faith takes action, as we saw earlier. So it's like, it's, we can all believe a lot of things, but like, what are our actions showing? Our actions really show what we believe. Yeah, so we need to be taking people to Jesus or be, be like other people need to lift us up and take us to Jesus. Okay, so this is another quote. This is from somebody that um, is also in a wheelchair. But trust me, I believe in healing, so don't, don't think I don't believe in healing, but I'm just giving you some cases where um, they haven't gotten healed yet. But God has healed them internally and set them free and they're thriving even though they haven't got the physical healing yet. So this is Joni Erickson Tata, she says, My weakness, that is my quadriplegia, is my greatest asset because it forces me into the arms of Christ every single morning when I get up. Yeah, so 
是让我也是我最大的资产，因为它让我能够时常的在每一个早晨，我起来的时候投向耶稣的怀抱。Yeah, so even though God God didn't cause it. Okay, so now I have、uh, some application questions for you guys to think about based on what we've been talking about. So yeah, just based on like maybe what you what you.、Um, Kind of what you felt like God was highlighting to you earlier when I read the passage. Like if you're imagining yourself in the story, like question number one, where do you find yourself in this story? Are you a skeptic? Are you a skeptic? Are you having doubts that Jesus can forgive sin or that he can heal,、um, like one of the scribes? Or are you in the crowd? Are you one of the people in the crowd just observing Jesus from a distance? 你是不是还在犹豫，然后徘徊，到底是不是耶稣会这个医治？还是呢，你是在这个群众当中的一个旁观者，或者是呢 ？Or are you are you carrying others to Christ? Are you are you where where are you where you see yourself in the story as we're discussing it? 你是这一个故事里面的那一排人的人吗 ？I'll say number one for some reason, but anyway, <laughs> number two. Okay, so it's.、Um, How are you paralyzing your faith? Like, what what area do you need to be healed? Like, is it fear, emotional? Is there something that you're struggling with that you need to be healed? Like, where are you paralyzing your faith? Second question, you think about yourself. In your own faith, in which areas have been paralyzed? Maybe it's you want to be healed, or different areas. You think about it. Give me some examples. Like, is there do you have uncertainty about the future that's causing you to feel kind of paralyzed? Are there difficult relationships that you're in? Or the financial problems, like what areas are kind of paralyzing you right now? Okay, yeah. And the last one is like, who can you trust to be your community and to, to Jesus? 那在你的生活圈子里面呢，你能够相信谁把你抬到耶稣面前 ？And who do you need、um, to carry to Jesus? Like, is it a non-believer or somebody that's having struggles? Who do you need to be taking to Jesus right now? 在你的生活圈子里面，你觉得现在你能够把谁带到耶稣面前呢 ？Yeah, and so um. Yeah, in just a moment. I just kind of want you guys.、Uh, you guys can just close your eyes. Yeah, I just want you to think about like yeah, what we just talked about, like where you are in the story. 